Amen. Thank you, James. Y'all give it up for these who've led worship for us this morning. And uh, so grateful for their leadership. And Exodus chapter 25 in your Bible. It's the second book in your Old Testament. So you got Genesis, then Exodus. So let me invite you to open that up to Exodus chapter 25. Actually, what we have in the book of Exodus is a collection of a truth about how Moses led the people of Israel out of Egyptians' bondage. And now they're standing on the very brink of a daunting task. They're about to build this great tabernacle for God. And the Lord has given them great instruction. And now it's time for them to step up to the plate. And you know, it's an awesome text. And we're going to look at Exodus 25. We'll see some other passages as well. But let's go ahead and look at 25 verse 1 and 2. Let me invite you to stand with me out of God's Word. And you've got it there in front of you. Say yes. And uh, notice what the Bible says. Uh, Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying... Uh, Tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution from me. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall raise my contribution. Well, let's bow. Father, we are thankful for your word. And here in the text, we see that the people of Israel uh, had a point where they had to really become generous to move forward. And God, that's where we find ourselves as a church as we seek to move forward and reach others with the gospel and plant these new campuses God, this is a time for us really to be generous. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts and you would stir us up, that we would faithfully give as you've laid it upon us. And we pray as well for those who are present today who may not have a personal relationship with you. God, we ask that you would draw them to salvation. As we just sang, your your blood was shed on the cross at Calvary for our sin. You died in our place. We're buried and resurrected and God, for that, Lord, you give us now salvation for those who respond. So, Lord, we pray that people respond this morning. It's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. So you can go ahead and uh, be seated. Let me just ask you, you ever think about what's going to happen to folks whenever they die? Uh, Matter of fact, you ever kind of just wonder, especially whenever you see like a large stadium filled with people. I know I have this overwhelming sense quite often, uh, especially as, you know, you look at these stadiums yesterday, all these games that are going on on television and You've got 80, 90, 100,000 people all gathering together. And I think, man, I don't know if you do this, but I think, I'm like, what if all of those people, like, breathe their last breath right now? You know, where would they spend eternity? And so these kinds of things kind of overwhelm me. And I I begin to think, too, just like we had Sunday at the park, and I had the opportunity to stand up and kind of look over all the people who were here a few weeks ago. And I had that same sense, that same overwhelming feeling, you know, if, if this was the last day for all of these people, you know, where will they spend eternity? You know, Jesus talks about uh, what's going to happen to people whenever they die. And uh, he's pretty blunt about it, too. He, he mentions the fact that those who reject him will actually spend eternity in hell. And so he lays that out, even describes it. Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. And so he says it's a place of torment, a place of agony, a place of unquenchable fire. And there's a lot of people going there. Jesus even said there'll be a lot of people who call me Lord, Lord, who will not inherit the kingdom of God. So when you think about this, there are 228,000 people who are outside of the faith who live just in the context of where you and I reside. We cannot turn a blind eye to these people. We have to see that God has uniquely planted us as a church body to reach out with the good news of who Jesus Christ is so that these people might respond, so that they might have an opportunity to be saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In fact, you know, the Lord told Ezekiel in the Old Testament, listen to what he said to Ezekiel. He says, when I say to the wicked, uh, you will surely die, and you don't warn him, and you don't speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way that he may live, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. Listen to this. The Lord said to Ezekiel, but his blood I will require at your hands. Did you hear that? The Lord said, Ezekiel, you better go warn the people. And if you don't and they die in their iniquity, their blood will be on your hands. Don't you think about that. Could it be that God has uniquely planted us in a place where you and I now have been given this charge to go out and to warn people about the Lord Jesus Christ who's coming to judge the living and the dead and encourage them to receive Him by faith so that they can be forgiven of their sin. But listen, if we do not, could it be that we'll be held to account by the Lord Jesus when we see Him one day? You you think about just White County where we're looking to plan our first campus. There's 19,750 people who are far from God. Will their blood be on our hands? Or will we aggressively move forward with the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know, C.T. Studd is a missionary. He said this one time, and I just love the statement. He says, some wish to live within the sound of a chapel bell, but I wish to run a mission within a yard from hell. That's my man right there. He's getting after it with the gospel. You know, you think about our fellowship and, uh, you know, our mission is to make disciples everywhere. We've got this vision, 777. And so our team's been looking at it together and looking at how we can plant seven campuses uh, in seven years, how we can be involved in seven countries internationally in the next seven years. That is a massive call. That's a huge task. And whenever I think about it, I kind of get overwhelmed. I'll be honest with you, I can't hardly sleep sometimes when I think about it. Because I start thinking, Lord, what in the world have you got me into? All these people looking at me, what in the world's happening right now? Are y'all listening? And I think, you know, that's probably how Moses felt. And I'm not by any stretch trying to say, I'm Moses. Y'all with me on this? But Moses said, and the Lord's like, yeah, I want you to build this tabernacle. And he's like, tabernacle? We just came out of Egyptians' bondage. We ain't got nothing. We've been slaves for years. And now you want us to tackle this massive project? How do you expect us to do this? And I love how Moses just addresses the people. And here's what we're going to do this morning because it'll be fun. We're just going to see how Moses addressed the people. And we'll just say, all right, that's how the Lord's addressing us now. All right, y'all with me say yes? All right, so how does Moses address the people? He gives them four major things that he really does share with them. The first thing that he says to them, and it's pretty simple, he's like, set aside an offering for the Lord. Set aside an offering for the Lord. Look at it again in 25 verses 1 and 2. He says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, uh, tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall raise my contribution. Now notice here, Moses says uh, to the people, all right, we're going to raise a contribution for the Lord. So he says, all right, set aside a contribution. That literally means to think of a specific gift that you're going to bring. And we think about that in the context of 777. Next Sunday, we'll have our first fruit Sunday. We have the opportunity over the next two years to pledge to give. And so we're going to bring a gift uh, next Sunday. So before we do that, we've got to set aside a certain gift. And really, that's what Moses tells them. Set aside a contribution. And then notice the text. It says, for me. And this is huge, all right? They were not going to bring their offering to Moses. They were not even going to bring their offering, per se, to the tabernacle. 
They were going to bring their offering to the Lord. And really, that's what we're encouraged to do. We're encouraged to bring our offering, not to some leader, not even to some church, but we bring our offering to the Lord. And we offer that up to Him in worship, and we trust that He'll use it. And I love the Bible because it says, From every man whose heart moves within him shall raise my contribution. So this is the idea that God actually stirred up people's hearts as Moses was speaking and God began to encourage them to give a certain gift. You know, Krista and I, uh, we've been talking uh, for quite some time about what our uh, offering will be, and we're pretty fired up about it. So next Sunday, we'll bring our first fruits offering, and we'll drop it. And then, over the next two years, we'll give. And uh, man, God's laid some stuff on our heart. We're going to give more than we've ever given before to a project, and we're ultimately giving it to the Lord. But here's what's phenomenal about it. Some of the stuff that I sense God really wants us to give, we don't even have yet. But we're going to trust that God's going to provide. And then we're going to give so that the gospel can move forward. We've even talked to our children uh, this past week about how we could sacrifice as a family so that we can give to the sake of the gospel, the 777 vision, a lot of stuff happening in our home. I mean, I hope you're prayerfully considering what offering you might be able to bring and how you might be able to give it to the Lord. It's an awesome concept. Notice some of the things that they brought and uh, I'm not suggesting you bring all these things, but look at 25 and verse 3. He says, this is the contribution which you are to raise from them. He's like, bring some gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet material, fine linen, goat hair, ram skin dyed red. It's Bulldog fans. And then purple skins, acacia wood, oil for lining, spices for anointing oil, for the fragrant incense, onyx stones, setting stones for the ephod and for the breast piece. Let them construct a sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them. Then verse 9, according to all that I am going to show you as the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all of its furniture, just so you shall construct it. And so here's the challenge. Set aside an offering to the Lord. You know, last week we were going through the book of James. We'll be back in that uh, very shortly. But we were challenged to love our neighbor as ourselves. Listen, we've got neighbors who one more breath could spend eternity separated from God in hell. And so we want to, together in unity, come along and give generously so that the gospel message can continue to go far. So we want to be a part of that. I love what one missionary named Roderick Davis said. He said, love is the root of the mission, but sacrifice is the fruit of the mission. Then A.B. Simpson said, the Christian is not obedient unless he's doing everything in his power to send the gospel to the heathen world. Let me, let me ask you, what are you, what are you planning on bringing? What do you plan on setting aside for the offering to the Lord? It's a great time for our church body for us to set aside an offering to the Lord. What's God stirring in your heart? Now, there's a second thing that Moses lays out. And uh, he says, not only set aside an offering for the Lord, but I like this. He's like, bring your offering to the Lord. How many of you know there's a difference between setting something aside and actually bringing it? And that's what he's doing. He, he, matter of fact, listen to this. Paul the Apostle wrote to the church at Corinth because they had promised to give a certain amount to the gospel ministry, but they hadn't given it yet. So Paul says, hey, you guys promised to give it. You need to bring it now. And that's the same thing that happens with Moses, in fact, as we watch him uh, sharing uh, throughout the book of Exodus. Let me just get you to turn over this little Bible study for you this morning. But Exodus 35, uh, you've got about 10 chapters where 
uh, Moses outlines exactly what they're going to build, how everything's going to happen, and God begins to speak to their heart. And then in Exodus chapter 35 and verse 20, after Moses gives this, you know, unbelievable speech about bringing an offering, notice what they did, how they responded. Exodus chapter 35 and verse 20. Y'all got it there? Say yes. Uh, Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel departed from Moses' presence. Now y'all look at a preacher. He gives this rousing speech, right? Y'all give so we can build the tabernacle for the Lord. And they all listen. And after they listen, then they all left. Now if I'm Moses, I'd be like, Lord, that didn't go over so well. They all just left. Here I am up here telling what you told me to tell. And they all just rolled out. You know, I thought about the fact that this morning, what am I doing? I'm just trying to tell you the same thing Moses told the children of Israel. But as soon as we're done here in just a little while, around 1.30, <laughs> all of y'all going to get up and leave. Now, seven days you're going to be gone. Hopefully it's just seven. Y'all listening? Now, I love the Bible because look at verse 21 in the same chapter. Everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him came and brought the Lord's contribution for the work of the tent of the meeting, for all of its services, and for all the holy garments. Now, again, look at me eyeball to eyeball. You know what that verse says? They all came back. I like that verse. Because really, that's the deal, man. I, and I know it's crazy, right? I feel, I feel great spiritual warfare when I preach in two areas. One, when I'm encouraging people to give their heart to Jesus, I feel like I'm, you know, fighting hell by the uh, acre. But then, two, whenever I talk about giving, I mean, I feel like that is such a, a massive fight. And I'm confident it's because the Lord uh, really is encouraging us and the enemy is going against that. He doesn't want you to be faithful. He doesn't want you to respond to the message. But, you know, I love uh, the fact that verse 20 and 21 are real tight together in the Bible. Y'all look at me real quick. I'm just going to tell you how I think, all right? This may not be helpful for you, but it is for me. But when I'm reading this and studying it, and I'm getting ready to preach it, I'm like, verse 20, they all left. I was like, I felt the sinking feeling in my heart. You know what I mean? Where'd they go? Verse 21, they all came back. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Verse 21. Now, here's what I did. I just put everything aside. I said, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for not putting a big space between verse 20 and verse 21. I don't know if I could have handled it. They all left. Ten chapters later, they show back. Could you imagine that? Be like, where are them people? (laughs) But I was encouraged, especially I read through verse 30, or chapter 35. It's pretty awesome because they, they all came back, and they all came back with their offering. Listen, listen to what the Bible says in verse 22. Then all whose hearts moved them, both men and women. Verse 23, check it out. Every man, verse 24, everyone, verse 26, all the women, verse 29, all the men and the women, every, you know what he's getting at? Everybody came back. They had set aside an offering, and now they have brought their offering. So, um... I'm preaching this message in faith. Y'all listening to me? I'm saying set aside an offering, and then I'm trusting the Lord. Y'all all going to come back. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to sleep well. You listen to what I'm saying? I'm... But it's an amazing concept, isn't it? That God can put something in your heart, and now it's time for you to be obedient to the Lord. Man, I'm pretty excited about what God's going to do. I can tell y'all fired up about giving. <laughs> y'all look real into it i know i wouldn't get a lot of amens on this one i think y'all probably give me an amen on this one here's what moses does all right he, he says all right set it aside bring it then here's kind of the third statement that moses gives them he says that's enough please stop giving 
<laughs> yeah, let's try it again. I know y'all want to say amen. You're like, I ain't never heard a preacher say that. So I'm going to say it, and then y'all get behind it and say amen. That's enough. Please stop giving. Y'all still ain't no fun. All right, look at chapter 36, and I want you to see this. Uh, verse 3, the Bible says, They received from Moses all the contributions which the sons of Israel had brought to perform the work in the construction of the sanctuary. And check this out. And they still continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. And all the skillful men who were performing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work which he was performing. And they said to Moses, notice what they say to him. The people are bringing much more than enough for the construction work which the Lord has commanded us to perform. So Moses issued a command, and a proclamation was circulated throughout the camp, saying, Let no man or woman any longer perform work for the contributions of the sanctuary. Thus the people were restrained from bringing any more. That's enough. Please stop giving. That's pretty awesome. And I find a good humor in the Bible, right? Because whenever Moses encourages everybody to uh, bring a gift and to set it aside, it's like he's got everybody together. So he's got the whole congregation of Israel. He's like, all right, I want to, I, everybody needs to hear this. And he lays it out. Bring a gift, set it aside. Now they're bringing it, they're bringing it, they're bringing it. Somebody says, hey, Moses, we got more than enough. Could you tell them to quit bringing it? Moses doesn't get everybody together. Moses said, I'll just circulate this one around. So he kind of goes to his neighbor and says, hey, man, uh, just you mind telling your neighbor we got enough? I ain't stopped giving. You know, take your time. We'll just kind of let it get around. <laughs> yeah, that ain't funny to y'all. That's hysterical to me. How, the word got out, though. But wouldn't it be awesome if we got so committed to what God's called us to do as a church body that I could get up here and be like, hey, man, we got enough. Y'all chill out. Don't give any more. We're set for these first two campuses. And we know our goal is 800,000 uh, for these two campuses. Obviously, that's 400 apiece. That includes personnel, includes projects, includes the provisions that are going to be needed for the ministry there, all the way from music to preschool to nursery to children's ministry. All of these things are taken care of in that uh, performer, that projected budget. Man, as you give, listen, it gives us an opportunity to move forward and continue to see what God's doing. And man, we've already seen the Lord pour out great blessing and God's already opening up the doors. But it would be something else, wouldn't it? And like, y'all look, look at me eyeball to eyeball. When we, when we hit the number, I'll get up here and say, that's enough. Y'all stop giving. Don't mean we won't start another campaign later on, but I'm just telling you, I'll say it right now. You know what I'm saying? Could y'all be down with, the, with that? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? I'm just, I'm just dreaming about it right now. Y'all listening? How crazy that would be? I'd be like, y'all, we good. We're good. But I can't say that just yet. Okay, she wrote that down. Scribble it out. That's in the future. All right? <laughs> we ain't good yet. But I'm confident we will be. Now, last thing that I want you to note here, and I'll go quick, uh, is really in Exodus chapter uh, 40. So slip it over. Exodus chapter 40, verse 33 and 34. Man, I love to hear y'all's pages turn. It's awesome. Uh, here's, here's basically what Moses is saying. All right, he's, he's already said, set aside an offering to the Lord. Bring an offering to the Lord. He's like, uh, stop giving. We got enough. And then here's what he rolls out. Behold the glory of the Lord. Verse 33, he erected the court all around the 
tabernacle on the altar. Hung up the veil uh, for the gateway of the court. Moses was thus finished with the work. And then the cloud covered the tent of meeting. And check this out. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Did y'all hear that? The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now, what is, what is glory? What is, what is that? Well, I'll tell you what it's not. Uh, you know, Georgia Bulldogs, whenever they score a touchdown, they, they have their fight song. And the fight song says, glory, glory, hallelujah. Really? That's the glory? That 19-year-old just scored six points? Glory speaks of weight. Speaks of presence. Speaks of God coming down on a people. Where we experience Him together. I want you to think about that. They all in unity, gay, God, by his grace, enabled them to build that tabernacle. And when they were done, the glory of God fell upon it. Now think about this, all right? You and I now have this opportunity to bring an offering to the Lord. And by God's grace, he raises up these campuses. And when these campuses are raised up, wouldn't it be awesome that the glory of God would fall down upon those places? People would experience the Lord. You don't want to be a part of that? That's what I want to be a part of. So Krista and I and the kids were all driving up 129 one day. And uh, there's a lot of commotion over to the left, so I uh, uh, didn't know what was going on, but a lot of people were kind of running over there, and I thought, well, somebody must have had an accident. Let's kind of see what's going on. And so we, we pulled over, uh, looked down uh, kind of over this ditch area and into this little field, and there was actually an elderly gentleman there. He apparently was cutting down trees. And on this particular day, uh, while he was cutting down a tree, the tree literally fell on top of him. So he's laid down there with a big tree on top of him, and everybody's kind of running around frantic and not really knowing what to do and so you know I jumped out of uh, the van and I ran down there uh, to see what was happening I didn't know a soul right I didn't know anybody around me they didn't know me but I see a man right there he's got this tree on top of him and uh, so I kind of started giving a little direction y'all all right well hey y'all get on this side of the tree I'll get on this side of the tree let me count to three we'll pick this thing up and get it off of him you guys y'all get ready and pull him out by his arms just slide it, be real careful, slide him out, and then the ambulance will be here. I trusted somebody call. Y'all with me? So we all got down on the log. And so I said, all right, on the count of three, one, two, and it's a big old tree. I mentioned how large that thing was. <laughs> Seriously, hard. I could barely get my arms around it. I got a long arm. <laughs> so I get down, one, two, three, and we pick that log up. I said, slide him out. I was the only one, really. Everybody, I don't know what they were doing. I was <laughs> holding up that tree. Pick it up! <laughs> Slid out. It's amazing, right? Ambulance came, got in. Everybody just walked out of the field and said, All right, we'll see you later. See you later. Appreciate your help, man. Appreciate your help. You didn't hardly do anything, but God bless you. We appreciate you coming. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? We all just left. And I thought to myself, Isn't it amazing? How random strangers can all get together in unity and do something to help somebody who's in need. And I think to myself, 228,000 people far from God living all around us. Surely we can all get together. When they don't just have a log on top of them, they've got sin weighing them down. And we know the gospel message is the only thing that will lift up that sin and be able to get rid of that sin and give those people a brand new life. Man, 
That's what I want to invite you to be a part of. 777. What would you give? What would you set aside? What would you bring? Let's bow together. Father, in the name of Jesus, speak to hearts. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around right now. And right where you are. Those of you who are members of our church, we just encourage you right now. If you're if you're a guest of ours, man, you, you just chose an awesome day to come and you can pray for our church body as we're looking to try to be faithful in this endeavor. But members of our church, can I ask you right where you are, just pray. Ask God.